It was great to be able to be hearing from John earlier, wasn't it? Hmm? You know, when I sing that last song, the victory is yours, King Jesus, you reign forevermore. I don't, every time I sing those, those songs, I don't really think of, you know, oh, the victory is yours. It's like, the victory is yours. It's something to be excited about and be really thankful for. And there's so many uh, things that you mentioned, John, uh, in what is happening um, in New Hanover, in everything that you are doing um, together um, as God's missionaries in that place where we say, the victory is all theirs. Is that right? No. The victory is yours. We are so excited to be able to see what Jesus is doing in Papua New Guinea. And he has chosen you both to be a part of that. And so I wanted to unpack that a little bit for you um, with us um, here at Raymond Terrace. Uh, We are looking at uh, this week and for the next um, three weeks... Um, of what it means to be making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. And so God had already aligned for us to be hearing from um, practitioners from our own church to be able to discuss what that looks like. And so I guess my first uh, question for you guys, um, and feel free to answer together, or you can dig in the ribs and go, no, that's mine, or... Oh, that one's yours. Uh, Whatever you feel. But um, uh, do you guys feel like you're experts in sharing Jesus? Absolutely not. (laughs) Janet? (laughs) No, and I even um, still get hot and clammy and shaky um, when I'm in the village trying to share about Jesus. And even here in Australia, where I grew up, I, I still get pretty freaked out. And what do I say? But you guys are long-term missionaries. Don't you have it all sorted out in, in your lives? It's Christ's strength in me. It's yeah. Christ's yeah. strength in me. Every time I get up to yeah. Bible teach in uh, the tribal language, I pray, God, may your will be done. Work through me your cracked pot. That's, that's great. We've been there for 14 years now in Papua New Guinea and um, I have to say that we're not there because of my strength. Um, We're there because of God's because if it was up to me, I would have been there six months. Uh. (laughs) So um, you both um, really started moving uh, overseas as part of mission work the same similar sort of time that that Lyndall and I started ministry here and I first... Uh, heard about all of this as we were together discussing what this future might look like in this old wooden building out here in front of us. Um, For those of you who don't know, um, Janet's dad had been um, an elder at one stage here in this church and and was part of um, the, the planting of what's happening here in Raymond Terrace. And now we're talking about this incredible work of church planting so far, far away. And we've talked about where we wanted to be making, maturing and multiplying disciples here in Raymond Terrace and beyond. And we're really seeing that in action. So first of all, um, guys, what on earth drove you to go into full-time missional work into an unreached community? 
Long story short, it was obedience to Christ's calling. That's, that's the very core, and I would encourage anyone getting into missions or ministry to be obedient to, to God's calling. When it all turns pear-shaped, and it will, you need to fall back on the fact that you're being obedient to God's word. I'd just like to share with anyone, especially mums out there that are feeling like God's leading them um, to full-time ministry anywhere, um, don't be afraid. He's not going to lead you where um, he's not going to keep you and look after you and your kids. The biggest thing for me, uh, for weeks of crying and upset, was my kids. You know, they're three and five and I'm going to take them to the middle of nowhere and, and um, yeah, all the dangers that are over there. So you have to know 100% that it's God that's sending you um, or asking you to do what he's asking you to do. No matter what happens, no matter. this is what you want us to do, God. Yep. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, you feel called. God is going to do incredible things through you because God's called you, so we better do something amazing. Um, you know, this is what I'm doing, God. I'm giving up everything. I've got this expectation that we're going to go as missionaries and we're going to see thousands of people come to Jesus just like we read in Acts 2. And um, John's going to speak once and everyone's going to say, what must we do? <laughs> you go to um, an island, first of all, and uh, I don't want to spend too much time in this place, but, but talk to us about um, the initial stages of arrival and that first season in your missional life at that place. Right. Um, initially arriving uh, into the tribe. Um, so the very first time you went to Soy. Very time first went to Soy. Uh, keeping in mind the goal of discipleship and church planting, where do we start? Um, perhaps that's the question. Yeah, so when you went over to, um, we, we first released you, we prayed for you yep. both, we as a church commended you and sent you over. Because um, where you first went is not where you're at now. Yep. Um, so talk to us about that first time you were there. Did you see everything that God was going to be doing in your lives and the great success that we see in Acts 2 in Ab that place? Absolutely not. We spent uh, six years yeah. uh, in, in Soy and basically we saw very, very little fruit uh, for our blood, sweat and, and tears. So did God get it wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, We've spent eight years now in our uh, current location and we can see that God was tilling uh, us, God was preparing us yeah. to uh, the second move. Very quickly, if we had not spent six years uh, at Soy learning the culture, learning the, the language, uh, when we moved into Metakavi village, which is a lot more remote, a lot more, I don't want to use the word backward, bushy, um, violent, uh, black magic, steeped in black magic, um, we may as well have uh, walked into the lion's den. Uh, we would not have been accepted. But the very fact that I knew the culture and I could behave in a particular way, I knew the language and I could speak straight into their heart, I was somewhat accepted. So yeah. God had it all in control. From the day we arrived in Papua New Guinea to the day we got first-time believers, um, was 10 years. 
I want you to really take that in, guys, because this is part of what we're wanting to be having as conversations for us here in Raymond Terrace. But you said, even though that was hard, and it was probably incredibly um, gut-wrenching for you guys, and probably many a time you're going, what on earth have we done? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Gut-wrenching. Um, did God make a mistake? Am I a failure? Yeah. Where's God's will in all of this? And not just us, the kids too. Mm. They went through some pretty horrible stuff. Mm. And they were there for 12 years, so they only really saw two years of the good stuff. Yes. Um, and they are still dealing with stuff back in Australia because of our God calling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was I surrender all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God has used that. We, we started that first season and it was a, we didn't see fruit, but you actually can see how in all of this God was preparing, God was doing something, and, and we say, you know, all things work together for those who love Jesus, um, for the good of those who love Jesus. He, he makes or organises for you to move over to this new place, this bushy place. Yep. What was different? What, 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 what happened when you first went there compared to when you were at Soy? Sure. Um, the people had a real need compared to the people at Soy. The people in New Hanover had a real need. They had a real hunger. Um, many people will say, oh, leave these island folk alone. They live in uh, pristine conditions. But no, not at all. Not at all. They're really seeking um, a better way. Uh, they're spirit-focused. Um, and so, yeah, they were very much wanting, needing and appreciating uh, someone to come in and, and walk with them. Sorry. The thing for me um, was that soy, it just didn't feel... We had enemy attack, but it wasn't very often. And it, it just felt like we were able to plod along and not have much hassles from the enemy. The day we arrived, the first chopper went into uh, Medicavi. We were receiving a spiritual attack. Um, Significant change. So, so you had people who were hungry and really open, and at the same time, there was this real sense of attack immediately. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Stand fast. I don't know if you guys can recall at the pastoral team. It's very clear for us that the first week that we announced that we were going to be doing um, as part of our church evangelism shift here at our church, there was immediate reaction um, and and Satan really didn't like us making a new decision to be really looking at what it means to be making maturing and multiplying disciples not playing well, we weren't playing church we had our right motives but God was just like we were you guys were talking about a soy and refining and realigning what what we were to do um, that's for us as well um, and so immediate openness, but also immediate attack. Um, did you just turn up and talk Jesus and then after they believed after that time? Because, you know, this second time, this was completely different. So, you know, this was obviously a Peter moment and just spoke once and they all became Christians and you went back to your makeshift hut and just organised and played Happy House waiting and slowly building up the medical centre and... Is that what happened? 
Uh, absolutely not. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Janet, we had four years in uh, Metakavi Village, New Hanover, before we started Bible teaching. Three. Three years on New Hanover before we started Bible teaching. So within those three years, we established the medical ministry. We were caring for the people's bodies, physically nurturing the people from, uh, the, from a physical point of, of view, patching their wounds, laughing with them, crying with them, suturing them up, delivering their, their babies. And then we introduced um, adult literacy. So we started caring for their, for their minds. We started caring for their intellect, um, mentally speaking. So first step was a physical approach, caring for their bodies with the medical ministry. The second step was intellect, their minds. We started adult literacy. Then after three years, we started um, ramping up into Bible teaching. We gained their trust. Mm -hmm. um, we made friendships. Yep. We had relationships. Yep. Right. So it's not just about you going on a mission and just preaching Jesus and then bang, my job's done. No way. Did you see John's smile and his heart for those guys in Papua New Guinea when he saw them on the screen? <laughs> it's not just about getting the job done and preaching Jesus, is it? You have invested your life into these people. And that is such an encouragement to us guys. Um, and it's also really what um, missional work is about us um, making disciples. It's living life oh, yeah. in community. Yep. Yep. It's not just running a program. It's living life with them. Yep. We're, we're being watched all the time. Yeah. 24-7. Even what they can hear coming out of our house. Mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of talk place most of the time. Um, <laughs> but TV and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it really is just living life, yep. observing you guys, is what you talk about yep. match up to what they're seeing every day. Yep. Absolutely. Interesting. They yeah. know. They'll pick it. Oh, yeah. If you're false, they'll pick it. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the same here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's taken a long time, 10 years, to, to then seeing people come to Christ. Um, so, they're all Christians now, yeah? No. <laughs> no, far from it. The vast majority are, are, not, are not Christians. The, the vast majority have turned their back on the good news story of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's hard. Mm. That's tough. Yeah. But... Have you, therefore, as a result of that, gone, well, I haven't got any time for you anymore? No. Absolutely, no way. No. Um, and so the adult literacy program is still open for those unbelievers. The m medical centre, I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. We welcome them in. Janet is, like, uh, hugging and, and wiping um, tears and snot um, <laughs> on a daily basis, um, yeah, for all kinds. So good. I can only think, of, you know, possibly out of context in terms of the passage, but Revelation 3 where it says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and will open it, I'll come in. It's that constant, Jesus, hasn't, Jesus is pursuing with, with you guys being active in, in that community. Not everyone will hear. Um, I can think of several ladies particularly that have been to both the teachings now and they've just walked away. And it breaks my heart. And um, I just don't understand. I just, they're blinded. Mm. Yeah. 
So for us, when we are talking as a church of having a heart for making disciples, we want to love people where they're at. We live in community. We, we are mostly showing our faith by what we're doing every day, that it matches up with what we say. Imagine what it would be like. Would, would they be saved if you just ran the medical centre and never actually started talking about Jesus? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But the medical centre, adult literacy, loving people where they're at, caring for people uh, in their mess, um, that builds a bridge of trust so that one day, perhaps one year, you can share the love of Christ with them. Something that I just feel like God's put on my heart to say to you is God's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I love getting my nails done. I love getting my hair done. I love wearing nice clothes. I love shopping. Um, God has put me where I never thought I would be. Yeah. And I'm dealing with stuff that I'm not trained for, and it's all God. And I have seen bodily fluids and bits and pieces that I never thought yeah. I'd ever see. Inside out of people. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's God. It's all God. Yeah. Amen. Um, you mentioned a little bit in your um, talk, John, um, that there, and, and you also mentioned that as soon as you even arrived, that there was some yep. attack, yep. as much as there was openness and hunger. Um, so you've had some fairly strong pushback um, in, in in presenting the gospel. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, very quickly, black magic is rife over there. don't know whether you guys believe it or not, but I've lived amongst it, I've seen it, I've witnessed it, I've felt it. It is still very strong in, in parts of this world. Um, death threats. Death threats. You ever been scared to walk out your front door? I have. Ever been scared that your family won't come home? I have. Death threats. Um, slander. Um, I've been dragged through the courts. I've had to stand up for hours at a time defending uh, my faith, defending the word of, of God, defending my family and, and the ministry um, that we're doing on New Hanover Island for hours at a time while they've dragged me through the courts trying to um, stick uh, something that's false on, onto me. You'll be stretched, you'll be tried uh, to breaking point. And that's when it's God's strength. Yeah, amen. That's good. We've had machetes held at us. Um, we've had guns held at us. Yeah. Um, and it's only God. I, I remember standing up to one guy with a machete raised over his head towards me and we were this far apart. And it was only God. And I spoke out in English and I yelled at him. Um, but he knew I wasn't afraid and God was with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's stronger. Oh, Absolutely. Couldn't do it without him. Stronger is he that is in me yes. than he that is in the world. So people have come to Christ, many. We've seen brothers and sisters, uh, family on the screen, which is so great. Um, have you seen people make a decision to follow God? They're all the way there and then you are gutted because you're preparing and investing in their life and then suddenly, for whatever reason, they've just walked away. Absolutely. There is a percentage of those and we're, we're pre-warned by the parables of the four gardens um, there that some of the seed we sow uh, will not fall on good ground. 
And so, yeah, we're prepared for, for that. Um, but it's God's work. And uh, we leave that into, into his hands here. What drives you to keep going, guys? You've already seen people coming to Christ. What drives you now to keep going? It's not me. <laughs> um, it's only God. And I, it, at the moment, that's a bit of a tough question for me because we're supposed to go back in June and I don't want to go. <laughs> so it's all God. Both our girls live in Australia now. Um, and that's been a tough two years, letting them settle back in Australia. And um, to just leave the shores of Australia and leave them here is tough. So I can only say it's God. There's, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've got to give up my wants, me, and know that this is what he wants, not what I want. Yeah. yeah being obedient to God's word. Being obedient to God's calling. And my last point for that question is, is there anything of more value? Is, is there anything we can invest what we have whilst we're here on earth than eternity? Yeah. Does that make sense to you guys? You know, yeah, sure, don't give up your day job or, or whatever God would have you to do. But think about what you're investing for eternity. That's what drives me. Yeah. yeah. I want to see one more for Christ in eternity. Another Did you hear for that? Christ yeah. in eternity. And then another for Christ in eternity. That's what drives me. Because this world's going to burn up. Yeah. I don't want to invest in this world. This flesh. Yeah. I can't add to that, John. <laughs> That's the crux. You, you see um, him being moved in that, but it's a decision and you know it costs. Mm. You've been there, but you'll say, God, I surrender all. I know it's going to cost, but what's on offer is far better than to say no, even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Be obedient. Yep. Yeah. Um, can I ask a personal question, guys, sure. as Christians? serving on the mission field all the time, but also being here now. How, for all of us, when we're thinking about um, uh, making disciples, doing what you're talking about here in Raymond Terrace, um, how do you keep yourselves, keep the Holy Spirit flame burning brightly in your life? I don't do it enough, but um, get in the Word. It's the only way. Yeah. Only way. And when you feel attack, go straight to God, yeah. not to yourself. Run to God. Run to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> That's great. Guys, our final question. Does God, when he says, go um, and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all that I command and I'll be with you to the ends of the earth, is that a um, is that meaning that everyone here is being called to go and do what you guys are doing overseas? 
No, no. not at all. <clears throat> but we all need to be mission-focused, eternally focused, God-focused. So whatever you're doing in your Monday to Friday, do it all to the glory of God. Does that make sense? Whatever you're doing from Monday to Friday, do it all to the glory of God, and he will reap a harvest for himself through, through, through that. And your end of the earth might be next door. Yeah, the back fence. <laughs> Every day, living in community, living life beside them, in the mess. In the mess. Openly sharing your faith in a way which is able to match what your actions are. One of the best things you can do um, is live with that person in everything. Just stand by them. Walk with them. Walk with them in their struggles in life. You don't always need to say anything. Yeah. I think we might pray for you guys. Is that okay? Before we do, we have uh, a, little, a little gift we'd like to give uh, RTCC. So that's a, I love PNG. Yes. So Thank that's, you. That's for you guys. And look up the back. We've got a display table. Please grab yourself a prayer card. We have laminated sheets of um, specific people uh, in the church at Metakavi. Blue tacket behind your toilet door. So you can pick a person and, and pray for them on a regular basis. Love it. Yeah. That's so good. And look, prayer, prayer we can just go, oh, let's pray. We're wrapping this up now. Let's pray. But really, when it comes to what the mission field is, if we're not people of prayer, then we're missing the point of our complete reliance on Jesus, aren't we? Yeah. I just want to quickly say, we've been to many churches over the years, and you guys, when John said about brothers and sisters going to eternity with you guys, you got excited. Yeah. We say it sometimes at other churches and they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, hello? This is huge. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Thank you. We think you guys are awesome. And that's because of what God's doing in you. God's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>